Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name is David Reed, and with me as always, well, not always, not last week, but with me this week is Marek Larwood. Hello, I am back. In the background is Buddy the dog drinking water loudly, trying to sabotage me and express his anger for me not being here last week. What? Shut up, Buddy! How much much water is in that bowl? Oh, that's a well he's lapping at. There's an awful lot of water. It does sound like a toilet. A toilet? It's not a toilet in my kitchen. I mean, I'm a man of leisure, but I haven't quite gone so far as to uh, put a toilet in my kitchen. He's finished. Just opposite the fridge. He's finished (laughs) drinking out of the toilet in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, I was doing it, I don't know what I'm doing. I wasn't here last week, but I sent a recording one in. It's quite weird talking to yourself for five minutes. Yeah? Mm. Do you not do it often? Was that a a new experience for you? I say words out loud to myself, I started doing that. Um, is that something you do when you get older? You just start. You just don't really care what people think of you anymore. So words just escape out of your mouth from your brain every now and again. I was walking down. I find that I was walking down the street. Fant- I often buy lottery tickets purely because it's worth the fantasy. Sure. What is that? A weird child in your front room? I can't hear anything, Mary. All right. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's been quite. So I. I it's been quite disrupted, hasn't it? It's been quite listen. disrupted. He's just saying, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, if if that's not being picked up on the microphone, I mean, they like to hang around outside my kitchen window, so that's all right. If that's not being picked up on the microphone, this is really disjointed. It's a kid saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's annoying about this is, well, I'll get back to the point. Yeah. I fantasised and win the lottery, and I was walking down the, the road the other day. And I said out loud, a million pounds to myself. Just said that, a million pounds. And then million and someone pounds. looked at me like I was properly mental. Well, yeah. And what is weird about this is, this is, this is actually, you might, my voice might sound quite tired. Because we've already recorded, recorded five minutes of this podcast and David forgot, forgot to press record. And that, it was such a good opening to the podcast. Oh, it's amazing, I was talking it? all about uh, exchange, the conversational exchanges, having the same formats. And that's why it's difficult meeting new people and whether we're really friends outside this podcast. And but you'll never get to hear that. You'll never and, get to hear that and, stuff. And whether it was just, uh, I'd come around just so I have someone to talk to and I didn't really care what people listened to it. It doesn't even sound as good now, but that is all lost. And I've made several mistakes and this has been a bad start to the podcast. Well, 
Luckily, there's been some films in the cinema for you to go and see to pick you up. And the last podcast, recording to the podcast, which is Lost Forever, started with, I know what looks like my balls, as a segue, Al Pacino, which is the way we got into talking about Danny (laughs) Collins. But now... We're searching for a segue. We can't find your balls I can't just say, I know what looks like my balls without any sort of pre-ball conversation. No. Danny Collins. What? (laughs) Danny Collins. The the Al Pacino film. Um, Why did you go and see this? I've heard nothing about it. All I've seen is the poster on the side of the bus where he has incredible teeth. Yeah. I went to see this. I mean, I can lie and pretend I went to see this, so I could say that it actually accidentally found its way onto my computer. I hate it when films just crawl onto your computer. I always go to cinema and I always pay for things because I've been working six day weeks in the evening. The film actually accidentally... I don't agree with it. I think it's terrible. Yeah. But a film accident, and I thought, if a film accidentally found its way onto my computer, yes, what would be the one that causes the least harm to the film and cinema industry? Well, it would be one that is already phenomenally uh, successful, with rich, with rich actors already in it. Sure, and it, and so it, you're picking the international blockbusting, record-breaking film, Danny Collins. Danny Collins. I mean, there's no. It's got Al Pacino in it yeah. and Annette Bening. Should I tell you what the story is? Yes, please. I like Annette Benning. Al Pacino is an old rock star. Is he? Yeah. He won in the 70s. He was, you know, we had real promise. And everyone thought he was going to be the next John Lennon. But his career, he just went after the money. He just played popular songs and... Uh, He's become almost, you know, just a, uh, what's the word, a caricature of himself. Yeah, yeah, everything he despised. Yeah, and he's become this weird sort of old... It's a bit... I think that is... I can't tell whether it's supposed to be or not. I read a review of it and someone said, it's basically Al Pacino's tongue-in-cheek nod to his career. Where oh, Al Pacino really? was, as everyone knows, phenomenal in The Godfather, Godfather 2, Dog, Dog Day Dog Afternoon... Day Maybe Serpico earlier, yeah. um, all those police ones that sort of heat. I think heat's when he you've it's already the got tipping him. point no, when he accepted the check to be in a film with Rob, uh, Robert De Niro because that that was casting based upon advertising, not based upon the actual art of the film, wasn't it? But Al, I like Heat. I think it's a good film. Al Pacino's tipping point was when he did that weird um, hoo ha one. What? Um, any given Sunday no the one with the blind he was blind I've not seen that you know the one when he was blind the um, blind shagger blind shagger it's not blind shagger I don't know what you're talking about he's a blind man who's trying to get I mean a lot of people do and they're probably shouting right now this is what it is this is this is I'll tell you exactly what it is I'm looking up on his IMDB his film Ography and I'm going to find his turning I mean, he's point in for some you. great films. I'm sorry. He was good in Insomnia. I Insomnia, mean, I think, is fine. Uh, but he was in Dick Tracy, which isn't so. But um, Scent of a Woman. Uh, so just before yes, that, yes, he yes. did Glen Gary, Glen Ross, which is good, and Frankie and Johnny. Yeah, actually, and then he's got Carlito's Way, Heat, and Donnie Brasco's all right. But The Devil's Advocate for me is the turning point. I think he actually started The Godfather Part Three. He plays a real over the top weird character in that, which yes. isn't like the first one, or second one. Then he pulls it back in Frankie and Johnny, Glen Gary, Glen Ross. Then Scent of a Woman is just weird. He comes back. Is it, he's been 
pushing that thing for a while. Anyway, I think now he's this weird character. So Danny Collins is almost the musical equivalent of Al Pacino. And then he receives a letter that his manager, played by Christopher Plummer, who is always good but a bit weird, his accent's a bit weird and doesn't really suit playing someone... He's acting like he's about 50 as opposed to 89, whatever he is in this. Right. Um, his manager buys him a fan letter which was written to him when back when he was an up-and-coming bright young thing by none other than John Lennon. Uh-uh. Saying that he should stick to his, you know, what's it like? Saying he should stick to his guns and be a really good musician. And do you know what? That part him. of the story is he never read it until he never oh, read it see. until he's at, uh, you know in his sixties. So and he reads his letter and he realizes that his life is a big joke. Yeah. So he dumps his young girlfriend and goes to a hotel in order to write some music and find himself. That part of the story is genuinely true. A man got a letter from him from John Lennon. He received when he in his late fifties and sixties, which is an amazing story. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty much the only. Where's that from, though? Where's that? They they play right at the end of the film. They show the actual footage of this interview. Oh, but so it's not a man actually called Danny Collins who received. No, some other prick. Okay, called Billy Joel. I mean, if you want to, if you want a podcast with concise names and proper research. This isn't one. It's really not. It's not. Um, I couldn't name you another one because I've just not done the research. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, this film is weird because it's got good... Like, Christopher Plummer's good. Annette Bennett is, good, is really... She plays the hotel manager. She's always brilliant in stuff. She is. Al Pacino is good. You know, he's charming. He does do the same faces. He does it less in this than he has done when he plays his over-top things. He's often uh, fatigued or, or furious, isn't he? He's one of the two. Yeah, I don't like him when he... I prefer him when he's fatigued to when he's furious. I'm just a bit tired of life. A bit tired of life. Or I'm furious at you right now! Yeah. Jennifer Gardner's in it. Bobby Cannavale, who's in quite a lot of stuff, isn't it? Jennifer Gardner? Yeah. I've not thought about her in a while. Um, She is his daughter-in-law... And he goes to try and make friends with a son that he's never really met. Basically, this, the script is, like so many films, a Sunday afternoon. It's a, it's a pretty terrible concept. Okay. It, if it was done with B-movie actors, it would be awful. It's just solely the skill of, of uh, Al Pacino I and I find Annette him Benning. very watchable. I mean, his character as the coach in any given Sunday, I could just with what so much it's brilliant. And then him in Angels in America, which is a TV show, but he's just again just fantastic. Yeah, I really look the best bits are when he's talking to Annette Benning. Now, there's a film that came out last year that I'd not heard of, but it's the film he did before Danny Collins called Manglehorn. Yeah, some guy sticks his bit uh, boner in a blender. Is that it, Manglehorn? Yeah. Well, he plays Manglehorn. That's him. He, it's what been... happens when. <laughs> You get your bone up stuck in a blender. What is it in Manglehorn? Manglehorn apparently is about a uh, small town locksmith who tries to start his li- life over again whilst holding a cat. There he is, he plays AJ Manglehorn. He looks exactly the same with a Manglehorn poster as he does in Danny Collins. Wow. That's what's weird about me. He looks really... And they do make jokes about the way he looks. He looks ridiculous. I always find that uh, films that have the lead character's name in the title 
all always seem to be att- maybe I'm just being too cynical, but always seem to be attempts to create a new iconic character for the ages. You know, I mean, Manglehorn. You've, that, I mean, that's a gang- gamble, isn't it? Of just yeah. going, oh, people will remember Manglehorn. Manglehorn's amazing. Danny Collins is one of the worst names of a film. John Carter is, yeah, is really worse. Bad. But John Carter was about a uh, magical hero from space, and the film's called John Carter. I mean, no wonder no children wanted to go see it. Yeah, you don't have a normal person's surname and last name. It's, it's so awful. dull, so dull. Uh, in fact, I mean, Becky, man, what's it? We're going to see Robert Cupboard. Robert Cupboard, Ben Gibbs. What's Ben That's Gibbs a good about? One. Yeah, Ben Gibbs. What's Ben Gibbs about? Oh, it's about this um, time traveling samurai. Guess it, what? Why is it called Ben Gibbs? You know that John- uh, Tim Smith. You seen Tim, Tim Smith? Oh, it's amazing. No, Tim no, Smith. the bloke, the film. Oh right, no, I haven't seen him in ages. Um, it's what's amazing. John, sorry, John Carter. I was talking to a friend about this this afternoon. What was his, his name? Uh, his name. His name was uh, uh, Tom Tom Blobs. Um, Tom Blobs. Tom Blobs. It's not a real name. Um, it was uh, the actual source material is called John Carter of Mars, and Disney, in their wisdom, decided to drop the Mars bit when advertising a film for kids. It's really baffling. I haven't really seen John Carter yet. It's not as bad as everyone says. It just was a huge flop because it was called John Carter. Well, Danny Collins. Yeah. I mean, you know what's going to happen. It's just a man trying to find himself, and then um, make friends. Uh, with his estranged family. Okay. There's nothing new. This is... I talked about last week with Mr. Holmes. This is a weird phenomenon that's happened in the cinema. This is The Grey Pound. Okay. Just weird films that are slightly patronising towards old people they think they're going to like. But the odd thing is, in this, I say this is a Grey Pound film, but at the start, when he's trying to get rid of his rock star image... He's doing cocaine and he's got, um, uh, you know, his girlfriend walking around with her knockers out. Right. Sorry to use the word knock. Can you, is that acceptable knockers? Well, Danielle said cunt last week, so. Wow. <laughs> yeah, she came back. Well, we said, back you, strong. Said, you said it this week as well. I, I quoted it, so technically she said it again. Oh, <laughs> Oh, and also, Danielle last week got me, said, I hate whiplash. I love whiplash. Did she that, say that? Yeah, she don't like. She got me mistaken for someone else. That I don't oh, know. I see. I'm a big fan of Whiplash, so ignore that. As for corrections, okay. Um, yeah. So because this film, they've got the drugs and the knockers at the start. I w- would stop me from showing it to my nan. So other they failed then. Other than they? that, it's a nan film. Yeah, yeah. But there's always some films that are, are, are aimed for that age group. I think. Anyway, if you are gonna, if you've got an hour and a half to spend. And you like Al Pacino, and you want to watch a really average film? I give it six Marics. Okay, that's a, that's an afternoon movie, isn't it? A six, five, five or six. I won't see it's it. It's moderately entertaining. Okay, don't watch it. <laughs> well, that's Danny Collins for you. Um, do we have any uh, any letters? Yeah, I've got to read it off my phone because I haven't got my computer this week. That's all right. A letters. All the people writing in. This is filler. Can you tell? I'm using this song as filler to fill in the bits where I should be talking about something. Martin Lowcock. 
<laughs> is that the end of the song or is that the beginning of the letter? It's the beginning of a letter. <laughs> okay. What's Martin Lowcock? Uh, it's only a really short one. What's he want? Although I enjoy your reviews of current films, I don't get out to the cinema much. Your Netflix recommendations are really helpful. Please do this again. Oh, I mean, thank it was you. Just a re- it was just a request. It wasn't really one to to read out loud, probably, was it? No, but that's interesting to know. It's good to know that people uh, would like recommendations for home viewing as well. In fact, next week we will do just that. Um, so that's uh, that's good news, isn't it? Um, anyone else? What do people want? Yeah, Retro Moz has written in. Okay. And he is written in before. He's working his way through our back history of podcasts. So we're probably reviewing... Um... So he's, he's on episode 143. So this is a, over a, almost a year ago. Nearly a year. I probably can't even remember. I can't even remember what happened two weeks ago, so... No, no me neither. Do you want to read this? He... He wants you to read this out in a George Costanza out of Seinfeld accent. I've never watched Seinfeld, so well, which one's George Costanza? It's the sort of a weirdo one. Oh, the short one? No, the tall one, I think, isn't it? No, that's oh, that's Kramer. Oh, it is, it's, it's the, a short one, then. George Costanza, I've no idea what Just he talks Just do New like. York. New York. I have no idea if that's New York. Um, hello, all. Getting through them now. Firstly, at this moment... Firstly, at this moment, Marek is annoying, annoyed at all comic book movies. So yes. I'll start again. This is terrible. Hello, all. Getting through them now. Firstly, at this moment, Marek is annoyed at all comic book movies. I could not agree more. I love a great blockbuster as much as the next guy. But all these comic book movies, apart from Superman due to childhood memories, just get you down, you know? It's all so dull. And looking at the Phase 2 and 3 and 4 and 87, etc., of Marvel's plans and with DC doing the Justice League thing, it's so depressing. Secondly, you had an email from an Anna in Albany talking about the movie Moonlighting, starring Jeremy Irons as the head builder trying to get the job done whilst trying to stop his, co- his co-Polish builders oh, right, learning about the solidarity protest in their homeland. I haven't seen it yet. I will do, though, but it reminded me of a great movie called Goodbye Lenin from 2003. Set in Berlin in 1989, just before reunification, it stars Daniel Burl off of Rush as a son of his mother, who is an ardent supporter of the Communist Socialist Party. She falls into a coma, during which the Berlin Wall falls and the process of reunification starts, and Daniel Burl pulls out all the stops to try to stop his mother from knowing about the increased westernization of her beloved communist Berlin. Rereading this, I've made it sound so madcap. It really isn't. It's funny, but also very heartfelt and tender. Really low-key. Worth a watch. Definitely. Nine Mazes. Thanks. Films are still being watched. Maz. Not that one. In Milton Keynes. Uh, thank you. That was uh, my worst, uh, George Con- Joe Constanza or whatever his name is. George, I think Goodbye Then it's really good. Is it? Yeah. Ah. It was quite a big hit a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. I've, big, I've I think heard it, of it. it made that Daniel Brühl or his name Brule. famous. Did it? I've not heard of him. Daniel Brühl. David. Yes. Have you been to see a film? I have seen a film. You know what, listeners? I've seen a film. It's it's not a cinema film, but it's a film I've wanted to see for a long time. It's now available on streaming services. I watched it on Blinkbox, but other streaming services are available. Um, what I like? Uh, well, there's also Amazon Prime and Netflix. 
Netflix and also Vimeo, YouTube and others. What would you call your um, uh, film subscription service? Flick off. That is good. Yeah, you like it? What would yours be called? Uh, it would be Turdwire. Turdwire? It would only be turd films, though. Bad films. Turdwire? Oh, um, yeah. Good ones. Flick Off would buy Turdwire out. Flick Off is really dirty films. It, no, it's not. It's uh, it's only really, really good films that are, uh, are now off cinemas. So recent releases, you know. Flick Off is erotic films aimed at a female audience. <laughs> Where Turdwire is erotic films aimed at, aimed at a niche German audience. Listen, if you start spreading that stuff about Turdwire, we're going to take you to the courts. I don't want you spreading your Turdwire anywhere, mate. We're going to take down Flick Off. You you couldn't buy Flick Off. All right, what films have you got on Flick Off then? We've got um, uh, Racist Nazis 4. Okay. We've got um, Shark Pedo. Shark Pedo? (laughs) Have you not seen Shark Pedo? What happens in it? It's the sequel to Sharknado, where someone combines a shark with a torpedo so they can fire it at things for military applications. Oh, so it's not... But it turns out to also uh, fiddle kids. That's, that's the terrible that's twist. That's a really good film. Do you like Shark Pedo? Oh, I'm tempted to subscribe to Flick Off. <laughs> um, we've got films as what well. What have you got? What's we've Turd got Wire the Bombing got? Man that the, we've talked the about. The Bombing here. Man. Oh, that is a classic. I yeah, we've talked about that quite man. a lot. Yeah. And really low budget. I read about The Bombing Man recently. Apparently they made it for um, a jam sandwich. Yeah, we've got The Bombing Man and we've also got other films. What? Um, we've got a documentary on how they make... Get the raisins into those white chocolate things. <laughs> sounds brilliant. <laughs> sounds brilliant. That sounds like the new uh, the new act of killing. Yeah, we've got that. And then we've also got um, a film called uh, Mike's Sausages. <laughs> it's, it's on a theme, isn't it? This sort of the manufacturer food it, based no, film. Mike's Sausages is a cartoon. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Cartoon. A cartoon movie. A feature length. He's about. He's got. Uh, yeah. So what happens is. Uh, he's got a sausage shop no one's interested in buying sausages mm. um, then there's like a a, 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 a new uh, a problem on the moon oh not another problem on the moon yeah a, a world ending problem on the moon <laughs> yeah and all the astronauts uh, are ill spoilers yeah so he has to the only way they can get to the moon is to basically buy firing his sausages and stretching attaching an astronaut to it that does sound like uh, the next thing you, firing you his sausages you into space yeah and then putting him back in pulling them back in one case because they're all still attached aren't they so yeah, no that that sounds good it is quite good the thing I'm doing a sequel I think you're buying that for turd wire what's it called Mike's second sausage yeah okay alright let's talk about um, what film you yeah what well, I saw carried away there we did but you know it was fun uh, we'll probably make t-shirts of Turdwire and um, Flick Off who would you subscribe to listeners Turdwire or Flick Off based on those films how Thank much you. is Turdwire to subscribe to how much month? is how much is yours no don't, I can't say first it's the same you're going to undercut me the same, how much, how much no, are you no you're going to say you're going to undercut me no I'm not but mine's the same price as yours it, well it's £6 a month Oh really? That's There's <laughs> <laughs> a half pricing uh, going on. Oh, yeah. Um right, well, I saw a film I've wanted to see for a while. It's a documentary. Um it's called uh, Jodorowsky's Dune, D U N E. And this is a documentary about um 
uh, an absolutely incredible, influential film uh, based on the sci-fi uh, novel Dune that was never made. It never completed. Frank Herbert wrote it, didn't he? Frank I, Herbert's I started, Dune. Yes. I started reading it. It was really good. It's it's sort of seminal sci-fi. It was sort of in really big in I think the sixties. I didn't realize it was that old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's properly old. Anyway, this guy called Jodorowsky is a is a French, I believe, um, film director, but who's really sort of uh, surreal. He was big into the surrealist movement and makes these fantastic looking I've not seen them but the clips you see of his earlier works just look sort of awesome and crazy um, films and for his third one after his first two were sort of big successes he wanted to adapt Dune and so this documentary tells the story of how he assembled his super team he calls them his spiritual warriors because he, he is throws himself into making this film 100%. His entire life becomes about it. And he goes around to find the guys who will be the best possible guys for this job um, to make bring this to the screen. So uh, there's a a comic book artist whose uh, name I called... Now, I want to get this right. Is it Mobius, I think he's called, when he does sci-fi stuff? But he's, he's famous. Danny and Collins. D- Danny Collins he gets. Um, and Mr. T. Um... No, it's um, uh, and then he gets uh, Dan O'Bannon, who uh, who had then only done Dark Star before he wrote Alien, um, and he gets Geiger, uh, uh, the guy who later did the Alien oh, stuff, really? to do all of his art design. And this is before Geiger had done any films. He designed everything, and they got the entire storyboard of this entire movie and wow. all of the artwork they were going to do, and he. Um, and he put all these people together and he started to cast it so I don't know if you know Dune very well but I remember because it was a huge thing when it came out it was everybody worked with uh, I remember my brother had the stick work it had Carl McLaughlin and, yeah, and yeah, Sting yeah. as a yeah. deeds in it and, that's uh, the uh, the David Lynch uh, yeah. version which is sort of the tragic end of this story is when it when it never happened um, Dino De Laurentiis's daughter I think because it was with that company um, gave the rights to David Lynch and that was the end of it really anyway he for the casting of it for the emperor of the universe there was only one person in his mind who could possibly play it and so he courted and got him to agree to it Salvador Dali was going to play the emperor of the wow. universe um, it was going to be David Carradine was going to uh, of Kill Bill fame and mm-hmm. other stuff was going to be Duke uh, Duke Leto yeah. um, uh, Atreides um, Orson Welles was going to be Baron Harkonnen and he got him to agree to it as well and Mick Jagger was going to be another character in it and all sorts oh he would have been brilliant brilliant but the costumes they had designed and stuff were just absolutely phenomenal this film does sound brilliant and somewhere exists these huge volumes of the entire storyboarding of this surrealist sci-fi Transcendental movie. So, what is this a bit? Uh, do you get to see? Do they ever film it? What's it? What's they film nothing. It, they they've done some nice animations with these designs and stuff to make it come alive, and they've got all of this stuff. But what is incredible is the influence this film that has never existed has had on the future of sci-fi. The way they explain it is that he put these people together and made them believe they could make movies. And of course, when it all fell apart, they still did. 
Alien would not exist without um, Jodorowsky's Dune. Because I remember my, I, and I, I, Blade Runner would not exist without Alien, and yeah. Star uh, Star Wars wouldn't exist without Blade Runner. Uh, well, if that's the right way around. Anyway, Star Wars wouldn't exist without this film either. It's it's absolutely phenomenal that you know all, all of uh, Geiger's stuff is there. He, he's already done it for Dune. And I, I had uh, a book when I was younger that, uh, uh, of Alien of the making of Alien. And it had all of Geiger's drawings in there, designs for They're the phenomenal. It's, it, the art, the artwork to Alien is. Incredible. You know, they've never paid him for any of them after Alien. Wow! They've just taken his designs from the other ones and just used them across everything. They just. I hope an Alien comes and gets them. It would be nice. He's a weird guy, sort of wonderful, but I never so, don't know what he's like because he just he's just sort of creepy man with a European accent and always looks like he's. Sex, by. sex No, well, no, I, I don't Is know. Is he like the bloke who does that body work thing, the guy who melts people's bodies? <laughs> he's less sort of uh, excitable than that guy. Oh, he's creepy. But anyway, it's a really, really interesting documentary that makes you wish this movie had existed. You know, and it's fascinating to see that... And what's it called? Uh, Jodorowsky's Dune. Okay. Um, and uh, the, the director himself, this guy, he's so charismatic and enthusiastic and you can totally see how he got every single person he wanted for this project to come on board and many of them sell up their houses and move to Paris for years to in order to develop it and make it you know he, he got like four or five people to move to Paris just on the promise of this wow. film and and ultimately there's this you know not to not to give spoilers it spoiler it but he he feels sick when the uh, when the studios all say no eventually because they say well if you they say we love it you've done it all brilliantly if you can give us a 90 minute version of it we'll put it in cinemas and he just goes no my film is as long as my film is if if it's a, if i want to make a 12 hour film it will be 12 hours if i want to make 20 hours uh, it will be 20 hours and what, what happened um, to him then jorovsky he's still around he's alive he's he's uh, he is um it, there's him and his longtime collaborating producer, um, who he stopped making movies after Dune failed. He put basically his entire heart and soul into this project, and the Money Men said no, and uh, and he never recovered. And it's only in the making of this documentary that him and his producer friend are now t- back together and planning to make another film together. So wow. it does, you know, he's. That sounds really great. It's a really fascinating film, and if you're interested in the history of cinema and specifically sci-fi, I sort of think it's a must because just seeing how everybody talks about this project that never was. It's a great. I talked about before the Blade Runner documentary is really interesting as well. What's that called? Do you remember? Oh, something like the something Blade Runner-ish. It's got all about because they all they all hated. What's his name? The director. Um, Oh, Ridley Scott? Yeah, because he they went to go on strike and uh, he was really specific about what his demands from the from the American crew and they thought he was this weird English guy. Um, it's fascinating there. Um, all right then, uh, how many Davies do you give it? Jodorowsky's Dune, I think I give it... You know what, I found it absolutely fascinating. Impossible to mark it. Sort of is, but if, if you want a, a measure of encouragement, eight. That's a good few Davids. Good few Davids there. I I'm, uh, don't often give them out. Well, if you want to write in, please do. We enjoy reading your emails. We read them all. Sometimes we read them out. Sometimes we lose track of which ones we've read out. And we may not read them out because we can't remember if we have read them out before. 
I mean, as we've said before, very little research. Uh, but if you would like to email us, then please do. Dearfilmfandango at gmail.com is the address. Or you can talk to one another on Facebook forward slash Film Fandango or tweet us if you want uh, at Film Fandango, at Mr. David Reed or at Marek Larwood. Uh, and we do this podcast for free. Um, so if you would like it to continue, then please do help with our running costs. Otherwise, the day will come when we go, oh, no more. Uh, so if you'd like to do that, then go to filmfandango.co.uk and follow the links from there. And everyone who has, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much for donating. And especially some people, if you put in like 50p a month or something, that would be really nice. Yeah, it's always nice to know it's or, coming. Or one pound. Or what, that's all right. Or five, five thousand pounds. I mean... We are coming up on our 200th episode. That's going to be exciting, isn't really? it? Really? Yeah, yeah, we're getting there. 200 weeks of uh, of this podcast. Think of all we should do something, should we? We should do something. I don't know what, but we should I'm do something. I'm going to try and get pregnant. Okay, sure, sure, sure. Okay, well, on that note, um, keep watching, watching the films. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.